Hey guys, welcome to the You Make the Scene podcast. My name is Josh, and this is episode number 112. Um, first off, it's crazy to think that we're this deep into this podcast. You know, I started it and knew that it was something I wanted to do, but had no idea how long it would uh, actually carry on or anything like that. And it's it's just insane that here we are, 112 episodes later, uh, technically a few more than that because I've done some quote-unquote special episodes or bonus episodes. And so we're actually probably pushing like episode 125 or something like that. But anyway, um, have an awesome conversation for you guys this week. Um, it's a really raw conversation um, where myself and Matt Honeycutt from the band Kublai Khan um, were able to talk and talk in a very real way about, you know, kind of our viewpoints on um, society and authenticity in music. And we get pretty deep in, in the meaning behind uh, one of their newest tracks, uh, which is about his mother. And, you know, he'll get into that in this episode. Um, and it was just such an awesome conversation. I really appreciate him taking the time to do it. Uh, because, you know, it was kind of um, no holds barred, you know, we aren't being intentionally derogatory towards anyone or, you know, uh, trying to attack anyone or anything like that. We're just um, kind of being honest about the the perception or the perspective that we have on on society and societal things currently. Um, and I really appreciate that he was willing to have that conversation. You know, it wasn't actually the, the original plan. Um, it just kind of naturally <laughs> came out as we were talking. But, you know, I again, I appreciate that that he was open and honest about that and, and the content of the song and so much more. Um, again, I think it's a, a really great episode. Uh, if you are a fan of Kublai Khan already, obviously I think you're going to enjoy this. Uh, but honestly, if you enjoy heavy music in general, um, you know, I try not to put people in boxes, guys. We've talked about that before. But if you're a fan of metal, heavy rock, whatever, we're going to classify them as. Um, this is someone that you need to, to have on your radar. Uh, go check them out. Even if you're not necessarily a huge fan of that style of music, um, you know, go check it out anyway just to, to see if maybe there's a song or the the contents of uh, the music specifically that we speak about uh, in this episode maybe makes that connection for you, you know? And um, I think some people may be surprised to know that, like, there's someone out there telling a story that they can relate to in a genre that maybe they don't relate to or whatever. Um, but yeah, again, huge shout out to Matt for taking the time to, to do this conversation um, it got kind of shuffled around a few times, unfortunately, just due to scheduling conflicts and whatnot, but uh, we were able to make it work, and I think it came out great. So let's just jump right into this conversation for you guys. This is my conversation with Matt Honeycutt of the band Kublai Khan. So yeah, let's let's dive in a little bit to our, our episode here. Um, so... For anyone that's listening that doesn't know who you are by this point, I'm not sure you know what they're what they're doing. But um, for anyone out there listening, go ahead and do the standard kind of introduction, man. Who are you? Kind of what you do in the band, and just a little background on yourself. Yeah, well, my name is Matt Honeycutt. I do vocals in Kublai Khan. Been doing it for like I think I'm going on around 12 years now, something like that. And uh, yeah. I mean, there's there's really not too much to tell that hasn't already <laughs> been said. It's it, there's there's no real crazy blueprint to it. You know what I mean? It's kind of yeah. is what it is. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's talk a little bit about 
kind of the history for anyone that isn't familiar with the band. Again, I'm not sure how they're not at this point, but um, just talk a little bit about you guys getting together and and kind of the progression of this project, because something that really resonates to me for your project is the authenticity that you guys are very adamant and proud of like you don't like we were just saying you know before the introduction like you don't put up this fake front for anyone it's these songs mean a lot to you and it's important for you guys to speak your truth right yeah absolutely you know it's like we said in the beginning too there's really no fucking point in it man i mean it's there's already enough you know fake shit in the world especially nowadays you know everything is kind of run through a filter man and it just makes everything a little bit harder to you know really visualize and kind of handle you know yeah. so i really don't i don't see much of the point in not not doing that with music as well especially in a subgenre like this where it's kind of built on the fact that you know this is still kind of the any man's games you know yeah yeah for sure um so let's talk, you know, you've got a, a new EP coming out, Lowest Form of Animal. That's dropping on April 1st, and it's not an April Fool's joke for anyone that thinks that we're just being funny. Uh, <laughs> it's it's a super awesome five-track EP um, that really, from the couple listens that I've gotten, it really kind of sets the tone for the the direction that you guys are starting to face, right? Absolutely. I mean, the, the way I like to think about it too is it's kind of, kind of just an extension of what we've already been doing. Which at the end of the day, everything we've ever put out has really just been an extension. We're not trying to throw any huge curveballs or go down any crazy avenues with it. You know, I just want to keep putting out consistency. That's the main thing. Is we we found our sound. We know how to write it. The people that enjoy us enjoy our sound. You know, we we came up with this saying on the last tour we were going to put it on a t-shirt because we felt like it pretty much encapsulated the band but it was uh it was saying that uh we're not trying to reinvent the wheel we're just trying to spin it really fucking fast you know what i mean yeah and yeah and uh, go ahead go ahead i was done pretty much oh okay i i was just gonna say i think that's a great way to look at life too is like obviously you may have to modify your your wheel if you will but at the end of the day like you shouldn't have to reinvent yourself to live your life and move forward. Just rev it up and, and get moving forward. Exactly. And I feel like at the end of the day, that's what most people want, man. Not every man in the world is out there looking for, you know, the next perfect thing he's never seen or heard before. They just want something that's relatable and that has consistency. You know, it's not just some shallow, vapid fucking waste of shit. Just like, so much stuff is nowadays, man. And I, that that doesn't just, you know, pertain to the realm of music, but you look at movies, any sort of media that we're meant to kind of consume and digest is just very, very, I don't know. It's just, it's just worn out, man. And I'm not, I'm not saying that, like I said, anything we're doing is crazy or, you know, majorly influential, but sometimes less is more, you know, the, the more you just try to just do less and just be yourself, the more of an impact that can actually have on people. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, you say that you're not, you know, um, anything special or, or however you want to word it, but I think the, the big difference is and something that sets you guys apart from, especially, obviously, like, mainstream pop is the sound, but general speaking, the song content that you guys write about, like, it's also rooted in such a real place. There's... It's not like a, as much as I love Coheed and Cambria, like their, their albums are in a fantasy world and yours are not. Yours are very much tied to the real world that we live in. Yeah. And I mean, that's, I love fantasy just as much as the next guy, but I, I appreciate my reality a little bit more, you know? And I think that, you know, for some people that, you know, our music and just music in general is, kind of the only escape we have and sometimes it's it's better to face that escape head on and just kind of talk about things that might actually be fucking bothering you or stuff that you actually feel because not a lot of people out there have you know ways or means to feel understood and i think that this is a 
a real good kind of means of therapy. It has been since the beginning of time. That's why people love music. You know, it makes you feel all these things that you didn't know if anybody else knew how to feel them or how to word it or this or that, you know? And, um, I just think that it, especially with this style of music, trying to stay rooted in, in what's in front of you with your feet on the floor is extremely important because, you know, there, there's enough content to go around for everybody to talk about what they talk about and this and that. This is just kind of the path that we've chosen. And it's, it's one that uh, at the end of the day, personally, I'm extremely happy with because, you know, yeah. it is what it is. Well, and like you said, there's enough content to go around. And I think the important thing to remember is, you know, when we talk about making connections to music and using it as a therapy and an outlet, like it, it's incredible how many people feel like they're the only person that's ever experienced something or they're the only one going through these, these hard times or whatever. And then, you know, you catch that song and you're like, holy shit, like this guy gets it. This is someone else has, has seen what I've seen or been through what I've been through and they've made it out the other side. So it's, it's almost like liberating and empowering to know that, there are these people that have struggled with different things and are up on stages or on TV or whatever. And, you know, talking about it and saying like, look, man, it, it shit sucks. There's no getting around that. But at the end of the day, we can, we can still move on and still be here. Yeah, exactly. You know, it makes a, makes the whole world a little bit smaller and feel a little bit less lonely. Cause I think that that's a, that's a, a a symptom of just how things are nowadays, you know, that, that isolation is a very real thing, especially whenever everything is, is put in front of you at all times. You know, I, I was having a conversation earlier about the same thing that just said, it's kind of off on a weird tangent, but I think it's still relevant that, you know, I don't think that the human mind and the human, the human, uh, what is it? Like emotions were, mm-hmm. you know, really built to kind of, sustain what we've got going on with uh social media and just the consumption of media in general to to feel completely uh envious and scared and stimulated at all times you know with five or ten different apps on your phone is completely unnatural and it's completely inhuman and i feel like that to think that that doesn't damage people on a daily basis especially children is pretty wacky to think about you know I think that that has a, that has a lot to answer for when it comes to the current kind of imbalance of, of people's minds. You know, we live in the best time so far of human history as far as creature comfort, you know, but we're lacking in so many other areas of just like, you know, intuition and just connection. And then, you know, the list goes on, man, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, to further that point, like, the generation now that has all these different social medias and unfortunately you and I fall in it on the business side, especially, but like, you know, you do feel kind of tethered to Facebook, Instagram, whatever. So it's like, I have to do this. But like, if you look back to when our parents were growing up or our grandparents were growing up, obviously none of that existed. And like, it's a very boomer thing to say, you know, if we're going to start using the, the new lingo or whatever, but like, I, I can remember my grandpa telling me stories of, you know, Friday nights, it, just him and the buddies going out and, you know, hanging out, watching a movie or going and playing baseball or whatever. And it's like, how many people actually do that now? Like, I feel like most kids get out of school, either go to their job that they already have or go home and get online, whether it's video games or social media or whatever. And it's like, but are you stimulating the right parts of your head? Yeah, exactly, man. And I mean, it's, it's nice. I mean, that's something that whenever I was living in Arizona before I moved out to Florida that I really tried to kind of start to take control of. And I, I got a group of fellows that I was friends with and we'd go out and play pool a few nights a week. You know, yeah. just to just to have something, man, because not even just with, uh, you know, sitting on your phone all the time or, or playing video games, but just I feel like real human face to face connection, like real laughter and real. Uh, 
I don't know, just playing out the, the, the human experience is, is getting more and more rare. And I think that that's a humongous step backwards for, you know, the human race. And I, I don't know what I'm talking about, really, but it's just <laughs> you got to do the little things, man, to keep yourself afloat and keep yourself feeling like a person. Otherwise, you know, you're just just like everything else, man, just a carbon copy of a carbon copy and everything's just going to be fake and you're not going to feel much. And it's just a really, really sad excuse for an existence, no matter how many creature comforts you have. Yeah. And I mean, you know, neither of us are educators, but like, I'm a very hands-on learner. So like when I was in school, if you would have told me I was going to spend a whole year remote learning via Zoom, like, cool, you, you shut me down because I'm, I'm not going to learn that way. Yeah, I'm the same way, man. Like, you can have me, you know, practice something all day long or tell me how to do it, but until it's in my hands and I'm able to do it, it's it's going to be pretty stagnant. And I I try to tell people that whenever they're teaching me stuff, you know, not not to be rude or think I'm any better than what they're trying to teach me, but it's just like, look, man, I I've been alive for 30 years. I know how my mind works. Just put put the tools in my hand and let's let's go. And I'll, I'll, I'll learn it. I promise you just got to give me that chance, you know? Yeah. And I, I think that's the thing though, is, you know, I, I feel like because technology has advanced so far, which obviously I'm not complaining about because it affords us the opportunity for me to be in Indiana, you to be in Florida and us to have this conversation. Um, but like, technology advanced so far that everyone assumes well you can just sit at a computer and learn how to do this by watching a video or whatever and it's like no i again i need hands-on like i know how to drive a forklift i didn't learn how to drive a forklift by sitting on a computer exactly and i mean that's it seems like such a cop-out that that so many people are just so willing to trade in their their human spirit and their creativity for stuff like that, you know, to be like, well, I don't really need, actually need to learn anything because if I want to know something, I can know everything. And it just, it really just kind of is ironic. It dilutes the whole situation. You know, you got a, a bunch of people yeah. that are just real half-assed, no experts at a million different things that are of real, real value to them or anybody else for that matter. You know, and it just, it's, it's such a weird time. You know, I, you, was watching this thing the other day about this guy that still hand makes shoes. Like he makes shoes from scratch and people are so right. fascinated by him. And it, it, this is, you know, the, the coolest thing ever he does is, and it's like, dude, the guy just has a hobby. Like, yeah, it's cool. It's interesting. It's art. The guy deserves some recognition for creating something that's useful to other people. But like, goddamn, everybody used to do shit like that at one point. Everybody had a hobby. Yeah, I, you know what I mean? If you don't I have a hobby, what do you got? to say that. Yeah, I was just getting ready to say that, like, the the shoe side of it, like, everyone's shoes used to be made by hand first off, but like, you know, you'd have somebody that's great at woodworking in your town, you would have somebody that, you know, can weld or do whatever, and it's like, where's all that gone, you know, like, there's obviously some of it still out there, but it feels like, and hopefully it's not really the majority, maybe it's just the louder portion of the the society right now but like it feels like a lot of man i sound so old saying this kids and you know younger generation coming in to like the workforce age are so reliant on the technology that like what happens to our manufacturing jobs what happens to any real physical work and you know obviously auto manufacturers and stuff do all kinds of robotics or whatever but I think the point that that we've both kind of made here is that connection to another human and that physical, tangible connection to an item is really something that's been lacking over especially the last two, two and a half years with COVID and all of that. Yeah. And I mean, I think that that just that makes it worse. What, what, what better way to stunt someone than to isolate them, you know, especially if they're self-isolating and they, they, they're their own keeper, you know? And it, yeah. I don't know. I, especially when it comes to COVID, I, I haven't been very much of a, uh, you know, I guess quiet about it, but I, I, I never stopped working. I never stopped doing anything that I was supposed to be doing because if I stopped doing it, 
nobody's going to take care of me and I don't want anybody to take care of me, you know? So it was, it was such an odd time for everybody that, you know, you had people that were literally telling you, don't go to work. Like, don't go. And it's like, well, are you going to pay my bills? Like, if I don't go to work, I no one's, I'm not going to survive. So what, what are we doing here? You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, and I think too, you know, talking about, especially the self-isolation and whatnot, you know, the, the mental toll that that takes on, on someone, especially like me, myself, I've, you know, battled depression and anxiety my whole life, really. So like, okay, cool. You're not allowed to go out and see anyone. You're not allowed to do this. You're not allowed to do that. And like, now I'm sitting at home in my thoughts and that's a dangerous, dangerous place to be. Oh, exactly, man. And I mean, that's, I, I've said for a long time, like I'm not particularly great at anything that I do as far as jobs, but I always want to be working because the, and that's what we were talking about earlier with the shoe thing. It's not only is it important that it helps other people, but it gives you a sense of purpose. And I think that purpose is what a lot of this, you know, generation is lacking. Yeah. You got so many people that are living vicariously through other people's lives and living in just pure envy at all times of other people's situations and what other people have. And it's, it, it's, it's such an intoxicating, you know, stimulant for a lot of these people that really have no purpose, have nothing to show for themselves. And that's, that's a sad way to live. And I, but I refuse to pity him. You know, I refuse to feel bad for anybody like that. Cause it's, you have to create your purpose. You have to go out there and figure it out. And if no one does it for you, and if they do do it for you, it's not your purpose. It's theirs. You know, it, it, all these people are like, oh, well, I don't want to spend the rest of my life working for somebody else to make them their money and fulfill their purpose. And it's like, well, what are you doing to change that? Absolutely fucking nothing? Well, I can only feel so bad for you. The world can only feel so bad for you, and you can only feel so bad for yourself. At the end of the day, I feel like people need to really understand that they can take control over their own lives and do a lot more than they think they're capable of. I mean, our band is a complete example of that. We're a bunch of fucking jerks from Texas, man. We should have never gotten where we are. And look at it. You know what I mean? It just takes a little bit of elbow grease and some determination. And anybody can do it. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, that's a big factor in this, too, is when you guys started, like, the digital age kind of existed, but it's nowhere, it was nowhere near what it is now. Like, not that it's easy to make it in the music industry even now, but it has never been easier to get your music out there for someone to hear. So if music is your passion, like you have no excuse to not try with SoundCloud and the ease of uploading to Spotify or whatever, like your music can exist in the world for virtually nothing of a cost to you other than your time. So what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. And I mean, that. I think that there's a big oversaturation as well with all that, you know, because anybody and everybody can do it and everybody, everybody wants the same thing. You know, you got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people all fighting for the same spot, you know? So it just, it, it's such a weird time, man. And I, yeah. I don't, I don't know how to, you know, make sense of any of it really. That's why I'm glad that our band, started before a lot of this really took off. I mean, I remember we had a MySpace and that was, that was about as crazy as it got. Everything else was boots on the ground, man. You had to go out and do it. You couldn't just post your music and then, you know, get a million retweets and shit. It just wasn't a thing. So. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, to, for people that are young enough to not know what this this is like for you and I, I'm 36, so a couple years older than you, like back in the day, there weren't bands that were getting signed before they ever played a show. And like today there are people that are getting signed to labels before they've ever even, you know, stepped in front of a crowd because, well, the, their online present is really big. Okay, cool, but is that gonna translate or can they perform a live show you can attest to this and and i'd love for you to to give some insight playing in the studio to record versus playing on a stage is not the same fucking thing no not at all and the, the crazy thing is about a lot of those bands too that 
that never, you know, get their feet wet playing these shows first or at all, you know, it's, it, it just really shows how, you know, it, it's, it's built to, to fail from the ground up, man, because it really takes a lot of that, that blood, sweat and tears to, to work out all the kinks and know what you're doing. And it's, it's tough to see a lot of these bands that can't play their own material live. <laughs> you know, they, they spend all this time in the studio. They spend all this money. They spend all this uh, energy really building themselves up to be something they're not. And then when it comes down to crunch time, they can't, they can't land a punch, you know, and it's, 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 it is what it is. The, the carnivorous part of me kind of is cool with it. Cause I'm like, fuck them. We can do it. We, you know, we know how to put our own nuts on the table. We're, we're good. It doesn't matter. But then the other half of me is just like, damn, like you need to learn better, man. You need to, you need to actually try. You need to do a little bit better for yourself because not only are you going to fail and you're going to be miserable about it, you're setting a poor example for everybody that's looking at you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that's a, a big thing too, is again, you know, having an online presence is one thing, but when you actually start getting out and playing shows and you don't have to necessarily tell any of the stories if you don't want to, but I'm sure you've had that experience of a fan coming up to you and being like, Hey, thank you for writing music. Like this is what it meant to me. Or, you know, you saved my life with this song, whatever. And it's, there's such a gravity and a responsibility that comes along with that. I think that a lot of people don't, don't know is going to happen. Yeah. I mean, there really is. And if I'm being a hundred percent transparent with you, Every time that happens, it's kind of like a, it's a very fleeting thing. Like I'm, I'm, I'm personally very, uh, bad at, at, I don't know how to explain it. I guess like retaining emotion, like right. people will tell me stuff. I, I've had guys, I remember when we played Warp Tour, had a fellow that, you know, told us that his music helped get him through deployment and, and his time overseas and all that stuff and then pulled his leg off and had me sign his prosthetic leg. And it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, I, I remember that. And that was crazy. But in the moment, it's just such a whirlwind where you're like, damn, like you don't, you don't know me though. I'm still just this, you know, little kid from Sherman, Texas, and it doesn't feel real, you know, but then right. when you're able to kind of step back and, and zoom out from the situation and see, man, like it's okay to be proud of yourself. Sometimes it's okay to look at what you and your fellows have done. And really just be thankful for it, you know, and the fact that if it did save people's lives, thank God they're still here, you know, and yeah. every, every band's got its, its time. Everybody's got a shelf life. So, you know, I'm just glad that we've done what we've done and maybe we'll continue to do a little bit longer. Who knows? But it's just, it is nice, man, because we're all kind of living in this moment together and whatever we can do to kind of ease anybody else's pain is is good, you know. That's no no other real way to put it. Yeah. It's just a good feeling. Yeah, no, and I again, I think that's one of the things about your music that I know myself and one of my best friends from Texas actually um, that we both really connect with on your music is is that authenticity and that that real, you know, like maybe it's a little bit of like imposter syndrome for you guys, but like you're still a person at the end of the day, like you were saying, you know, like it's awesome that, that your music was able to do that for someone and, and things like that. But when you're on the flip side of that, on your side of it, like looking at it, you're going, man, I'm just, I'm just a dude in my thirties that's singing a song, you know, like I didn't do anything to save your life necessarily, but it's that connection that people make. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's kind of the the whole thing, you know, I, I hate to use this term, but it, it's relevant to it. When it, when you say like, uh, you know, one man's trash is another man's treasure. Like, it's like, right. there's, there's going to be plenty of people that would hear our music. And the first thing they do is turn it off and that's perfectly okay. And that's, that's just the way that the world works. But then one out of a thousand people will sit there and it'll resonate with them so hard to the point where, you know, it kind of, becomes maybe even a part of their daily routine and that's it's a crazy thing because there's a lot of bands that have done that for me there's their songs 
from bands that I don't know what they look like. I don't know where they're from. I know nothing about them. But if you put it on in the right context, it'll bring me to my fucking knees. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's it's yeah. just a wild, wild thing. Yeah, for sure. Um, so let's talk a little bit about on the new EP, um, Swan Song, you guys got to work with Scott from Terror. What's that like, you know, being kind of in the same realm of music and then Terror being such a, at least for me, band that's so well established and and iconic may be a big word at this moment but you know they've they've made a major impact what was it like to have scott be like yeah let's you know let's work on this together it was great i mean terror was the last band that we were out with before the the world shut down so we kind of had this weird sort of interactions with them you know the fact that damn we were on the road and then Two days before the tour is done, the the country starts shutting down. So it's kind of nice too, in that sense, to to sort of in the middle of all this bullshit rekindle and be like, "Hey, man, like we're recording some stuff. Think you'd be perfect for it, you know?" And Scott and all those dudes were nothing but good to us. Super kind guys. I feel like personally, you know, there was a few of them I could relate to a little bit more than most, not because of what we did say to each other, but just from what we didn't say, you know. And right a lot different i feel like touring with bands that are a little bit more seasoned because we we also tour with a lot of younger bands that are still wet behind the ears and it just a little different you know it's nice to nice to tour with guys that that don't have to chit chat your ear off all the time and convince you that they're cool it's like terror's the coolest they've been the coolest they're gonna always be the coolest they don't need to say nothing though you know what i mean so that was that was a big thing for me on one Scott on the track was I've I've always loved Terror man and it's to be able to be in a position in our band's lifetime where we were able to share something we create with him was very cool and it was only made cooler by him accepting the offer and doing it and honestly making the song what it was you know yeah yeah for sure and for people that maybe you know are new to your band or you know, as they pick up this EP or stream this EP a little bit about, I normally don't do the, the straight up question of like, tell me what this song's about and what it means to you. But like this song in particular does have some pretty powerful roots. Talk about a little bit of what the message for this song is. Yeah. Well, the, the song is, is taken from, different points of my personal perspective and then from larger points of the societal perspective, you know, and it's, it's, it's something that I feel like is, I don't even know how to say it. I guess everybody's seen it, you know, everybody's witnessed it, whether it be from, you know, you partaking in it or just driving down the street and seeing, you know, some ladies, out on the on the street hitting the pavement you know and it's it's mm-hmm. tough because part of the song is talking about my mother and the fact that her childhood was extremely traumatic and uh kind of led her down the path of self-destruction that you know inevitably kind of became her ruin and she she had to do some stuff like that from time to time to make sure that she survived and she could eat and so it's, I think that that's something that a lot of people don't really put into context. They see, and that's, that's something I talk about in the song. They'll, they'll see these women that are falling on hard times and they'll be like, Oh, that's terrible. But they're, they're looking at them just as much like an object as anybody else. It's just, it's an object that they wish to have nothing to do with. And right. when you put it in the context that it's like, yeah, but what if it's your own mother? You know, what if, what if, you know, the kid that's at home that she's trying to feed, is going to one day grow up and be the vocalist of a band you might listen to, you know? And it's, it's a really strange kind of situation with how the world turns, but it's it's something that, that needs to be addressed. And then it's something that I've said before that it, it sucks that people have been like, Oh man, it's crazy that you're willing to talk about this. And it's crazy that this is such a taboo thing. And I'm just thinking it's fucking nuts that, that's crazy. That's the crazy part to people. Not right. the fact that it's happening or the fact that it's even a thing. That's normal. 
it's crazy that someone talks about it, that it's not just swept under the rug. And especially in such uh, kind of cold terms, you know? Yeah. So I, I don't I don't take that song as some giant moral success on our end by any means. I I think it's tragedy. I think it's fucking horrible. And that's what I talk about in the song. There's there's no silver lining to it, you know, and even even with the last words of the song where you, you gotta let the rough end drag, it's like sometimes you just sometimes your life bottoms out, man, and that's just what it is. And maybe somebody will hear you, maybe they won't. And it sucks, yeah. but you got to figure it out for yourself. And yeah, I, uh, I have a second podcast called musicians for mental health. And I think, you know, the point that you just made where people say like how quote unquote crazy it is that, that you're talking about this subject or this and that. And it's like, say I run into the same thing on this other podcast where I'm talking about, you know, depression, anxiety, eating disorders, I have an episode with a Korean American artist talking about Asian racism. Like it, people have come to me and believe you're talking about this stuff. Like that's nuts or whatever. And I'm like, but why aren't we talking about it? Like the only way to fix society and fix these issues is to be vocal about them and is to bring them to light so that these tragedies don't have to happen anymore. Yeah, I agree with you. And I I think unfortunately with, a lot of these issues, whether it be racism or, you know, selling sex or whatever the case may be, it's it's never gonna end. You can you can soften it a little bit, but it's right. It's just it's in human nature, man, and that's that's something that I think people should get across too. Is that you know, in an age where every every little kid's an activist, but nothing ever gets fixed, I think we need to start really questioning where our priorities are at. And understanding that, hey, man, you're not going to be able to fucking fix everything overnight, but at least start trying to fix your own life. You know, fix it with your parents. If it's your mom that's in that situation, if it's your sister, don't go, you know, save her first. Worry about the rest later, man. Yeah, and and that's really kind of where, where my head's been at for a while on this sort of stuff is, you know, so I lost my brother to to suicide about four years ago now. And, you know, again, I've battled depression and anxiety pretty much my whole life. Um, and like to say, you know, I say I want to fix society in the sense of like to me, kind of like what you just said, I know that I'm I'm not going to, especially as one person going to fix society and make this go away completely or never happen again. But I think, you know, to your point just now is I can impact the the people around me and, you know, hopefully save some people or change their perspectives or whatever. And then if they carry on that message, you know, it just builds. And over time to your, your phrase, you know, we can soften the impact of all of this. And I think that is, is realistically the goal that we need to have. And I think where, you know, some of these activists and, and whatnot have uh, kind of misaligned their view, maybe, is is the way I want to word this, is that they think they can fix the problem. But that's not going to happen in, in one lifetime. Exactly. You know, and I, I think that one thing that people need to realize, especially in this country, is that we've come so far. And, of course, there's always room for improvement. That goes with anything. But the fact that people are still so convinced that that we're irredeemable, whether it be this country, whether it be the people within it, or whether it even be yourselves, you know, it's, we've come so far, man. The fact that you and I are having this conversation about this right now and the fact that we're living in, in one of the, you know, freest colonies of people that's ever existed in the history of humanity. Humanity's just been, you know, a shit show from, from top to bottom, man. Racism has always been the norm. Slavery has always been the norm. Rape has always been the norm. You know, we live in such a privileged time for all these people to still be convinced that this is the worst time in existence, you know? And I think that a lot of people, if they just kind of redirect that energy to something a little bit more tangible, because I heard something 
yesterday I was listening to a podcast just about a kind of current affairs and stuff going on and something that, that that one of the fellows said that I've been thinking about all day was he said that I'm I try my best to live in the year that we're in and that really hit home because I, I think about how many people are just so stuck in the past or even stuck yeah. in the future they just can't get their head out of how things were or how things are going to be to the point where they're they're ignoring the triumphs that happen right in front of them every day and yeah you know I don't really know where I'm going with all that, but I think no, it's important. I, 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 I think I get where you're, you're attempting to get with it is that, you know, like society in general, we use all of the transgressions of our past and just like we place it on today, right? Like whether that's racism or whatever, we're saying, well, you know, all these things still occur and they still happen and and you know there's never been um how do i want to word that there's never been as present of aggression or whatever and it's like but if you actually look at it like like you said we're in the most privileged time that we've ever been in so you know if we could just let go of and I get, you know, there have been some fucking atrocities that have happened throughout human history. But if we could let go of that shit and start fresh with, I'm living life today. Because honestly, as cheesy and, and cliche as it is, we're not promised tomorrow. So why would you focus all your energy on these negative things from your past, human past, whatever, and lose sight of what today can give you? And then the flip side of that too, with the future, like if you're so busy planning your future, you're going to miss out on some fucking incredible things today. Yeah. And I mean, it's on, on the topic of cliche, it's, it's, you know, you only got one life, man. You only got so much time for that clock runs out. And if you really want to spend it focusing on a bunch of shit that if you really put it on paper has nothing to do with you, it does not affect your day to day life. There's really nothing you can do to change most of it, especially if it's in the fucking past. Why deal with it? Why fucking put so much time and energy into ruining the day over it, you know? And I think that that's, I just see that more and more often. It's just people that are so consumed by outrage on things that they just can't control, things that have happened. And I can understand, you know, reverence for the past and, doing what you can to not repeat it, but goddamn, like I, that's, it brings me back to the point that, that you and I were talking about earlier, as far as like just people without purpose, you know, people with a lot of time on their hands, people that don't feel like they have anything to really fight for, because what is there to fight for now? Besides the, the stuff that's left, you know, we're not fighting over territory. We're not fighting over food. We're not fighting over the stuff that, that nature would have us naturally living and dying for we're past all that to the point now where it's like well what the fuck now we have to we have to focus on you know sins that happened hundreds of years ago and drudge them up to this point now and rewrite society and i i really don't get any of it i have no interest in understanding any of it because it seems counterproductive as fuck but. yeah well it, it you know <laughs> There, to me, there's a difference between a, you know, I consider myself a realist. A lot of people around me have called me a pessimist before, but I'm like, but no, I'm looking at it from a logical standpoint. Like you just said, like, okay, so some, some super bad shit happened in the past. I understand that. I, you know, I, whatever, I understand it. I process it. Like, I get it. But does that really affect what is happening right now today in my life? If not, then why am I putting energy into it? I, I've got yeah. other things I need to worry about. And, you know, I, there's a, an awesome song by the wonder years called, I just want to sell out my funeral. And I think that's my goal is like, I just want to live a life that, you know, at the end of it, people show up to my funeral and go, you know what? He, he wasn't always right, but he did what, what was right for him and that's all anybody can really ask for yeah absolutely man and i mean i 
I think that, you know, I hate to keep droning on about the same topic, but it's, it's, it's like you we said earlier, you know, with the whole, you know, people not having purpose, it, it's, it's, it, it does seem so easy. Aren't, aren't the, the most logical answers and the, the, the realistic way of looking at things, it's usually right in front of you and it's so simple and it's the first thing that you would think people would think of. But if you were to put that in front of people and force these people to actually really try and live that way, they would be stripped of all purpose. They, the, the, the purposeless lives that they live, they've created this sense of false purpose that if you did take it away from them, they'd implode. So it just, yeah, I feel like it's just kind of this vicious cycle, you know? Yeah, for sure. And I, I think, you know, hopefully as time progresses and, you know, I hate woke culture because to me, it's it's not really being awake about anything. You're just kind of reliving the past or, you know, putting a fake lens on your perception of the world. And like if we just stripped all that back and and everybody had to just literally live for themselves and maybe their family, you know, like obviously the people around them. But if that was your only concern in life and you weren't so worried about, you know, what happened a hundred years ago, what happened, you know, even three weeks ago, if it's not still affecting you today in a very real sense, then what the fuck are we talking about it for? Why are you letting it dictate how your day goes? Yeah, I agree. And I mean, it's, it's like you said, I don't, I don't subscribe to the whole, uh, you know, woke ideas either. I think, I think it ran its course a long time ago when it proved to be ineffective. You know, it's, it's a, it's a very toxic way of thinking and it really creates like this, like this, this, and, you know, insurmountable like bar to, for people to, to try and maintain, you know, and it's, it's the thing that bugs me out. And it, it's, it's, I've said this before too. It's very evident in the music scene right now. It's just the, the whole idea of internet activism and how you have to be involved and you have to get in somebody's face and, just be at the forefront of this new revolution. And it's like, where the fuck is it at? You know, I'm, I call me crazy. Maybe I'm the piece of shit cause I'm not here rooting for it. But like, I think a lot of these fuckers just need to get a job. They need to, they need to get a purpose. They need to grow up a little bit and get a grip. You know what I mean? And understand that it's not always about them because at the end of the day, most people that think that way, unfortunately, they're not doing it for other people. They're only doing it for themselves. And it just shows how kind of mutated and, and toxic and calloused our society has become, you know? Right. And I, I was just getting ready to say, I, I think you and I would both agree that there's a, a huge difference. If, if a activism topic truly applies to you and your life and affects you then by all means and to help it and support it but if you are this just side stage person no pun intended being in the music industry but like if you're this side stage person that's just like oh if i start yelling really loud about that too then people are gonna give me accolades and say that i'm a good person you just need to shut the fuck up and get out of the way because you're really not doing anything for the cause you're hurting it more than you're helping it yeah absolutely and i mean it it sucks it's like the whole you know idea when somebody's passed out on the floor everybody wants to crowd him everybody wants to be like oh my gosh how can we help this man it's like yo that's all good and well but it's like you say get the fuck out of the way let a yeah. paramedic get through let somebody who actually knows what the fuck's going on get through because yeah. You know, one of the things that, that I thought was, was similar to this was whenever uh, whenever everything was first going on back in 2020 with uh, everybody putting putting black squares and stuff on their Instagram, mm-hmm. and people, people really thought they were doing something. You know, people really thought that that was going to be this, this thing that they do. And like you said, it was, it was just to receive credit from their peers and social groups and, and their hierarchies. 
and they did all this shit. And then you would see these counter posts that were people being like, Hey, can everybody stop posting the black squares? Cause you're actually like junking up the feed and you're not allowing people who are actually trying to help the situation. Cause it's all under the same hashtag, you know? Yeah. You're not yeah, allowing was, these people to, uh, go ahead. I was going to say it was fucking up the algorithm. So the people that actually had messages to, to put out were lost because yeah. 3 million other people that have no message, no real content or context about anything have, have, you know, eaten up the algorithm and it's like, okay, but now everything's washed out. Like you said, you know, it'd be like taking a handful of sand and dropping it in a fucking lake at that point. Like, okay, I don't know where it went. So that's cool. Yeah. And these are, these are all people that were not about to get up and change anything. They weren't about to do it on the front line. They probably just closed their tab on Pornhub for 15 minutes to post that square and <laughs> see if anybody would say anything about it. You know, and I, I hate to be so negative and derogatory about it, but that's, that's the reality, man. If people were really so about change, things would have things would have really started changing because I ain't seen yeah. shit, you know? No, and I, I was going to say, you know, I don't think you're negative about it or derogatory about it. Like, I think, again, it goes back to that realist, right? Like, if if you weren't doing it just for the clout, if someone, you know, whoever it was that changed their profile picture or whatever, if you're not just doing it for the clout, then show me what tangible thing that you did other than changing your profile picture. If you weren't donating money to the right groups or out there, you know, try actively trying to help, then you didn't do anything. And I don't think you should be rewarded for it. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I, I don't think people should be rewarded either. I think they should be penalized. You know, I think that that the 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 new idea that that punishment's bad and ridicule's bad and all this stuff. It's like, <laughs> I it sounds like you see, you've been saying it several times during this, and I can't help but agree with you. But when you're saying, "Man, I hate to sound like a boomer," you know, I hate to sound like yeah. an old person, but it's like, dude, I I think that about thirty times a day, seeing a lot of these <laughs> little fuckers walking around. You know what I mean? And I'm like, God, I'm not that much older than you, and I despise so much of, of how you carry yourself and how you, you know, how disorganized your life is. And just the fact that you refuse to see past your nose far enough to understand that maybe you do have a little bit of control. And it's just, it's sad, man. It really is, you yeah. know? Yeah. I think the, the core message that we're, we've tried to get through to people, hopefully in this podcast, and maybe it'll wake some people up or, give that that perspective for some people that you have way more control of your own life than you realize and building these fake and maybe fakes not the right word maybe it, it is impactful for some of them but for the majority of people you're building these fake narratives around yourself and saying this is my identity but like we said at the very beginning, if you take all those filters off and you just be the real you, unless you're the real you's a fucking asshole, like you're going to live such a better life. You're going to be around the people that have similar goals in life or similar outlooks in life. And that's more enriching than being a part of a crowd that couldn't, nobody in that crowd is going to pick you out and be like, oh, I know that guy. Oh, that guy's really cool. Like, Fuck that. I want to be my own person, live my life, and be surrounded by the people that, again, have that similar outlook on life or similar goals that we can together go, you know what, at the end of the day, we did what was right for us. Absolutely. I think everything you said, man, is spot on. Like, I couldn't agree more. Awesome, Matt. So let's uh, back to music a little bit here real quick. Uh, let's yeah. talk a little about this tour that's getting ready to kick off. So this episode will go live on the 23rd. So about a week before tour, um, you guys are heading out with Knocked Loose, Movements, and I honestly don't know how to pronounce the last one. Is it Koyo? Yeah, Koyo. 
So uh, kicking off in Nashville, kind of what's this tour mean for you? You know, after the COVID years, getting to release this EP, things like that, like live music finally coming back. How important is this tour for you um, as a, you know, pretty long stretch? You guys are out from the 31st of March until the uh, 8th of May. Yeah, it's going to be a doozy, man. It's going to be a long one. And we're we're all extremely thankful to be on it. You know, Knock Loose, we've toured with them before. They're our friends, and they've always been real good to us. So we're appreciative that they uh, allowed us the opportunity to share some more time with them, you know, and with their fans, and we hope to absorb some folks. And I think it'll be good, man. It, it's going to be nice to get back in the routine. I mean, we've done a few tours uh, since – covid's been done but this is going to be the largest so yeah we're we're all most definitely looking forward to it and like a main thing i've said before is we're just trying not to take anything else for granted you know but on the other end of the spectrum it is tough to to leave again man I, we finally uh finally have stuff to come home to man whether it be work or wives or a lot of shit happened for our band in the last two years that had nothing to do with music so Double-edged sword, you know? Yeah, and I think, yeah, I think that's important for fans or even casual listeners to to realize is as much as you love music, right? And, like, obviously you do because you're, you're doing it. Um, but, you know, thanks to COVID, for better or for worse, it really got to put a lot of the other side of life in perspective. Friends, family you know, wives, kids, things like that. And it's like now just to say, cool, we're still stepping out on the road. Like people, I think, need to understand that this isn't like it used to be where um, I don't want to say it It was less like family was less important back then, but it kind of felt that way, right? Like, oh, we're, we're just going out on another tour. It wasn't a big deal. But now that you've almost gotten comfortable with being home and having, you know, a regular job or whatever. It's like, Oh shit, we're, we're leaving some stuff behind now. And like, it's a little scary again. Oh yeah. I mean, and it's, it's one of those things like you never know where life's going to take you. We never knew or expected this band to do half the shit that it's done. And, you know, like I said, that goes the same for just our lives in general, man. If you would have told me, that any of us would be in the positions that we are right now, two years ago, I'd think you were crazy, but I'd be filled with excitement because it's nice to know that the train keeps on moving, you know? And yeah. like I said, coming back and doing these tours, these are some of the largest tours we've ever done. I think that, you know, without sounding cocky, I think that our band is, is good for it. I think that it's a good opportunity for us, one that we've worked very hard to sustain, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, well, it's going to be, I think, gonna be a know, good one. Yeah, and I, I think this tour is going to be a, a great example of that for you because you guys are hitting some pretty iconic or very well-known venues with like the Forge over in, in Illinois. You've got Emos down in Texas, uh, the Masquerade in Georgia, like uh, Starlin uh, Ballroom over in New Jersey. Like you guys are hitting some really awesome venues so it's not even like a we're just dipping our toes back in and we're we're gonna try to play it safe like this is a we're back we're going for it and we want you to show up type of tour exactly yeah i mean this, this is a tour where you really put your nuts on the table and, and show everybody what you got yeah so um I think I'm going to be trying to get to April 30th. You guys are going to be in Fort Wayne. That's about an hour and a half away from me. So I'm going to shoot for that show, hopefully. Um, so I would love for any of the Indiana listeners, especially to uh, get over to that show. Um, but yeah, that's that's honestly everything I've got for you, man. Like, let's do kind of the, the standard outro. I'm obviously going to link all your socials and stuff like that, but where can people find you guys online after we bashed, you know, the, the social media thing, the whole fucking episode, where can they find you online? Kind of what can they expect? And, and I guess 
with this tour, what do you what do you want them to bring? Obviously, like the energy, but like I guess how do I want to word that? Like you want people to show up and just be ready to to let loose, right? Like this is a let's fucking go moment. Yeah, just bring your energy. You know, keep everything else at home. <sighs> it's funny because I just yawned as I was about to say this, but it's like if you feel like <laughs> taking a nap, don't show up. You know, this is <laughs> definitely going to be a pretty, uh, pretty good tour, one for the books, man. And, uh, I mean, people can find us pretty much anywhere that, that has the Internet. You know, you can find us on Twitter and, and Instagram and all that other shit. Most importantly, you can find us in person, which would – to all the Indiana listeners as well would be good for, right. for coming out. Indiana is actually my home state. I was born in East Chicago, Indiana. Okay. So that'd nice. be cool, man. Nice. Yeah. I'm, I'm down in Kokomo. So about an hour North of Indianapolis. Yeah. We've been to Kokomo. Yeah. So dope. Um, yeah, that's everything I got, man. I super appreciate your time. Um, like I said, this is going to go live, uh, just before the tour kicks off right before the the ep finally drops and i'm stoked for you guys i'm i'm really looking forward to seeing where you know where life takes us now that we are getting back out on tours and things like that absolutely man me too i appreciate your time and your company i look forward to hearing this and possibly seeing you in indiana or i guess so uh, yeah it would it be it in would indiana, still be indiana. yeah fort wayne indiana okay so, that makes sense. Gotcha, gotcha. It's okay. it's right on like the border for Michigan, so a lot of people are like, "Well, that's that's a Michigan show." Mm, fuck you, it's Indiana. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Well, that'll be a good situation. Man. Well, like I said, I appreciate you, man. Just uh, holler if you need anything, you know. Yeah, absolutely, man. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. Have a good night. You too. Bye bye. And that was my conversation with Matt Honeycutt of the band Kublacon. Um, really hope you guys enjoyed that. Again, you know, a huge shout out to him for being open, honest, and transparent about his perspective on some of the societal issues, uh, as well as, you know, the meaning behind the music. You know, I don't often ask specifically about what a certain song means or anything like that anymore because I don't want to take away the connection that another fan may have to it or anything. But, you know, when it's got such a powerful and personal connection to the artist's life, um, you know, being about his mother, it's important to talk about those things because I think it gives you this new appreciation maybe for his songwriting, his perception on, you know, sex work and just life in general, you know, everybody has a different story. A lot of people have similar stories, but everybody's story is different. Everybody comes up through different circumstances and, you know, that's, it's the duality of man, unfortunately, where that's what makes life incredibly awesome, but it's also a really tough thing because it's easy to feel like you're the only one that goes through something. Um, and I think, you know, when you've got artists that are putting their lives out there and you can see parts of your life in their songs, the connection that you can make there and maybe even the healing that can be spurred by that uh is immeasurable um so again huge shout out to to matt really appreciate him doing this episode uh as always you can find their social medias kublacon's social medias in the description of this podcast um be sure that you go check out the new ep and that is called lowest form of animal um it is dropping on april 1st again not a april fool's joke um just happened to be a friday for the release uh and then you know get out and check them out on tour um they're kicking off their tour 
tomorrow as of this episode going live uh, on March 31st. And that tour is running until May the 8th. And they are hitting all kinds of places. Um, They're starting off in Tennessee, making their way up in Illinois, Ohio, Florida, Texas, Oklahoma, California, Utah, Colorado, um, coming back through Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Rhode Island, and New York. And I actually skipped a few states in there, but you get the idea. Like this is hitting somewhere close to you that you can go check them out. They are going to be on tour with Knocked Loose, Movements, and Koyo. Um, Really think you guys need to get out and see that show. If you're a fan of any of those bands, make sure you're there for the whole show. I say it all the time. Even if you're only a fan of, of Kublai Khan and their headlining, get out there early. Support the openers as well. These guys are out busting their asses on the road. And, you know, having people in the crowd at doors is huge. It boosts morale. It allows um, them, you know, to, to feed on that energy. Plus, you never know. You may find a new band that you fucking love. I know it's happened to me before. So get out to the shows. Um, I am going to attempt to go to the Fort Wayne show. We'll see what happens there. Um, but yeah, that's everything I've got for you on this episode, guys. So, um, you know, be sure to, to go follow them, leave a comment on the Instagram post of this episode, uh, leave a review, like, share, follow, comment, all that fun stuff. Um, that's huge for me and I really appreciate it. And just remember, take care of yourselves, take care of each other. And you make the scene.